Welcome to Stories for Wonderful Children. I'm Dan Wendelin, your host and storyteller. Years ago, I began recording the bedtime stories I told my children every night. Now, we would like to share those stories with you. I hope you enjoy my Stories for Wonderful Children. Once upon a time, there was a prince. He was an only child, and he did not have a sister. So there was no princess. However, as the prince grew older, he began to think about one day getting married. And in order to be married, he had to find a princess to marry. So one day, the prince got on his horse, and he began to ride in order to find a princess. He rode for all that day, and as it began to get dark, he stopped at an inn. And at the inn, he had a meal of chicken and peas. He enjoyed it very much. He slept all night, and when he got up the next morning, he again got on his horse, and he rode, and he rode, until he came to a castle. And there at the castle, he stopped and asked if there was a princess, because he was looking for a bride. And the king who lived in that castle said that they had had a princess, but that the princess had been kidnapped. And the prince said, that's terrible. What kidnapped her? Was it a dragon? And the king said, no, it was not a dragon. And the prince said, was it a witch? And the king said, no, it was not a witch. And the prince said, oh dear, it must have been a giant then. And the king said, no, it was not a giant. The queen said, you are not the first prince to come and ask about the princess and try to go and rescue her. Five princes before you have come, have gone to rescue her, and none of them have come back. And the prince said, well, I must try. He said, you must tell me, though, what has captured her. And the king said, we cannot tell you. We do not know. Whatever it is, its lair is in the mountains to the far north, where it is very cold. He said, if you want to go there, we will draw you a map. But we first have a meal with us, because we expect to never see you again. And we would like you to have a great feast before you go to die in attempting to rescue our daughter. Prince said, well, that would be fine, because the day had gotten late, and he did not mind the idea of having a nice meal. And so they sat down in the palace ballroom, and they brought many dishes, but the prince, who had always thought it important to just eat just as much as he was hungry for, ate a little of the chicken, and a little of the turkey, and a little bit of the stuffing, and a little bit of the peanut butter dessert. But he did not eat too much. And so while everyone else was groaning and moaning that they had eaten so much and they could barely move, the prince got up and he rubbed his tummy and he said, that was delicious, and he went off to bed. He slept well that night on the soft beds of the castle, and he got up early, early the next morning, and he took the map. What was their Did they tell him what their daughter's name was? He asked, just as he was saying, he said, so what is your daughter's name? And they said, well, you have not told us your name. And he said, oh, my goodness, I haven't. My name is Prince Harold. And they said, well, Harold, 
our daughter's name is Princess Sophia. Prince Harold said, well, that is a beautiful name. And he took their map and he rode off. He rode all that day and that night he had passed into the wilderness and there were no inns around. And so he had to that night get out his sleeping roll and sleep on the ground with his horse hobbled next to him so that it could not wander off. And he did not sleep as well as he had the night before. And he had gotten far enough north that it was starting to get a little cold. And when his fire died down near early morning, he himself started to feel a little chilly. And so he did not sleep as well as he would have liked. But Prince Harold was young and he was tough. And he woke up and he bounced to his feet rolled up his sleeping roll and tied it onto his saddle, and he set off again. He had not gone too very far before he had to dig through his saddlebags to find his cloak, because it was starting to get quite cold. And by the time he had ridden to the early afternoon, he saw something that made him think he was getting near to the lair of the beast, because he saw a horse walking through the woods. The horse had no rider, but it did have a saddle on its back. And the prince recognized the markings on the saddle as being the markings of the royal house of Duchesne. And he thought, ah, that must have been one of the princes who came to rescue Princess Sophia. And so he continued to ride north, and he had checked his sword to make sure it slid easily from its sheath in case he encountered whatever it was that had kidnapped Princess Sophia. And just as he was approaching the base of the mountain, and as evening was starting to encroach, and twilight was starting to come and the shadows were getting long, he saw up ahead in the side of the mountain a glow. And as he got closer, he could see that it was a cave, and there was light coming from the cave. And Prince Harold got off his horse, and he did not tie or hobble his horse, because he was a good master to the horse. And if something happened to him, he did not want his horse to be stuck there. He wanted his horse to be able to get away. So he took his bow and his arrow, he took his sword, and he wrapped his cloak around himself, and he cautiously entered the cave. Now, if this had been a dragon or an ogre, a troll, or some such beast that had taken Princess Sophia, then I might be able to tell you now that Prince Harold, as he entered that cave, saw bones strewn on the ground. But no such beast had kidnapped Princess Sophia, and so there were no bones. There was just the cold, icy floor of the cave. And then Harold came around the corner, and he saw a sight that he had not expected to see. For there, sitting around the table, still as blocks of ice, there sat five princes, not moving. And at the head of the table, there sat Princess Sophia. He knew immediately that it was her, for she was surpassingly lovely. She had golden hair, and she had dark brown eyes, and she had skin the color of peaches when they are just
just beginning to ripen. But, you know, after they're not green anymore, when they're sort of a creamy color. Anyway, Harold drew his sword and he said, Fair Princess Sophia, I'm Prince Harold, and I have come to rescue you. And she said, Oh, good. She said, These other princes tried to rescue me, but the beast caught them. And now they are imprisoned here, as I am. And she said, But fortunately the beast is gone, so all you have to do is come and share this meal with me, and then I will be free, and we can go together. And the prince looked, and there, next to Sophia, there was a plate, and on her plate and on his, there were bowls full of ice cream. It was the most delicious-looking ice cream that Harold had ever seen. Harold was very fond of strawberries, and this ice cream was so creamy that where you had scooped it, there weren't even any little cracks. It was just smooth, and you could see big chunks of strawberry in it. And Princess Sophia said, come. And Harold said, but we must escape. It may return any moment. And Princess Sophia said, no, and I cannot leave without finishing my ice cream. And she took a big spoonful. Why can't she leave? and ate it. And Harold came, and he stood next to her, and he thought, this is some strange enchantment. And he looked at the ice cream, and he thought, that looks so good. And then he thought, but I'm really not hungry. And Harold had always felt that he was not interested in eating when he was not hungry, and so he said, no, come along. And he grabbed Sophia by her hand, and as soon as he said no, there was a great roar from the entrance of the cave, and Prince Harold turned and he drew his sword, and there in the entrance of the cave was a great, great, great beast made entirely of ice cream. And it said, if you will not eat and be frozen like the others, then you must die. And it pointed its arms at him, and from its fingertips came floods of whipped cream that tried to smother him, but he dodged and he pulled Sophia with him. And she said, oh, thank you. Of all the princes who came to rescue me, the rest were all ensnared by the enchantment. And then the great ice cream beast came sliding into the room of the cave, and it having missed him with whipped cream set up, then I shall drown you in hot fudge. And it looked at it, and from its eyes came rivers of hot fudge, and the prince and Sophia had to climb up on the table and in order to stay out of the hot fudge. And Harold dashed forward, and he sunk his sword into the ice cream beast, and the ice cream beast looked down at the sword and said, I'm ice cream, a sword cannot hurt me, foolish prince. And it knocked him aside with its great double mint fudge arm, and he hit the other wall of the cave, and he slid down into the hot fudge, and he could feel it soaking into his boots and hardening, so that he couldn't move as fast, and the ice cream beast came across the room towards him. But the ice cream beast had made a mistake. For when the hot fudge touched 
the boots of the other five princes that were frozen around the table. It broke the spell of them being frozen, and when it advanced towards Prince Harold, it had its back to them, and they leaped up, and they no longer had their swords, but they had their spoons, and they leapt upon the ice cream beast, and they sunk their spoons into his great vanilla back, and ice cream is very susceptible to spoons, and they dug out big scoops of ice cream out of his back, and they ate them, and he fell to the ground, covered in hot fudge, and melting, melting away. And then the prince, Prince Harold, helped Sophia out onto his horse, and he helped the other princes find their horses, and together he and Sophia rode back to her parents' castle, and there they were married three months later among much pomp and circumstance, and at the reception they served every flavor that there is of ice cream. Thanks for listening to Stories for Wonderful Children. I created today's story, but questions and witty commentary were supplied by my children. The music was created by Brandon Thompson. If you enjoy the show, please tell someone about it or leave a review on your podcast provider. Our website is storiesforwonderfulchildren.com, and you can also find us on most social media. I'm Dan Wendelin, reminding you to tell someone you love a story. (laughs) 